Hello and welcome to Merlin Leadership Unplugged. I am your host, Jana Papa, and I am the Group Head of Leadership Development here at Merlin Entertainments. Merlin Leadership Unplugged is a podcast that looks to highlight and celebrate the human behind the leader and all of their inspiring stories. On today's episode of Merlin Leadership Unplugged, I'm chatting with Angela Jobson, who is our Global Brand Director for Madame Tissot's and Legoland Discovery Centres globally. A great chat looking at the Merlin brand and the evolution of how to balance work, life and everything else in between. And really a fantastic chat with a really inspirational leader. My guest today is somebody who I learned a lot about when I dialed into a career webinar on International Women's Day a couple of years ago. I think we were right in the middle of lockdown and I thought, what an inspirational story, what a career journey, so much to share and relate to. And I thought she needs to be one of my guests. So when she said yes, I was delighted. Hello, Angela Jobson. Hello, thanks for inviting me. Uh, do you remember that webinar I'm I talking do. about? I do remember. I was now, one of your audience members. But now I'm thinking, if I tell all the same stuff, you'll know. No, I, I don't remember all of the stuff, but I remember how you spoke about your journey and the impact your family had had and how you got into the fashion world and you had to find your way. And I thought, this is amazing. Like, I think a lot more people need to hear this both in Merlin and externally. And I don't know how many of the people that dialed into that webinar, because it was very corporate and mm. MMM, wasn't it? The audience. Um, I think it was quite a small audience compared to the people that could listen and, and watch this. So um, thank you for accepting What's and for that? being here today, uh, despite the jet lag. <laughs> uh, let's start with who is the Angela that I don't see on LinkedIn? Because what I see on LinkedIn... Um, I love I love your posts I love how it's not always about something you do in Merlin but it's about bigger social um, working mothers in the workplace there's so much more that you share on your LinkedIn that I absolutely love um, but tell us about the you outside of LinkedIn and outside of work okay well I mean I, I do share a lot about well not a lot but I, the stuff that I do share is about um some of it is to do with being a working mother. So there's a clue there that um, I, I am a, a working mother, although I don't necessarily like that phrase when people say, oh, you're a working mum, because we don't say to men, like, you know, you're, you're, you're a working, a working dad. Yeah. You're, you know, it's, I'm just, I'm a woman who happens to work and I, and I, um, and I have children. So that's, that's the first thing. So I do, I do have children. Um, I have a 16-year-old son and a 10-year-old um, daughter. Um, I live just outside of um, outside of London in a lovely place called St Albans. It's a it's little lush. yes, it's a little old Roman city, I and St. I love Albans. I love living there. Um, what else can I tell you? I have um, <clears throat> maybe an unexpected um, passion for terrible TV. Oh yes, um, anything kind of trashy like. Married at First Sight, Love Real Housewives, Are you into Love, Love is Blind, Blind. All, of, all of that stuff. Like that's that's the thing <laughs> that I, I don't know whether that's expected or unexpected, <laughs> but I um I can tell I can tell you that. So I definitely like popular culture, which is helpful in the um in the job that I do working on um Madame Two Swords. On the flip side of that, I also really um am very passionate about um design, which is 
why I sort of found myself at the beginning of my career working in um, in fashion, but actually it's a bit more sort of broader than fashion. I, I just love design and architecture and interior um, interior design, as as well as doing my day job. Love it. And what is your day job? For those of you that don't know so you and my, haven't worked with yeah, you. Yeah, so my day job is a global brand director for Madame Two Swords. And it surprises some people because a lot of people think there is just one Madame Two Swords because everybody knows about the London one. But there's 23 of them 23 um, around the, the world. world. Yeah. And they're all in amazing places. So I get to travel to some really exciting places. And I love that aspect of my of my job. Um, and I also um, am brand director for another brand called Legoland Discovery Centres, which is only a couple here in the um, UK, but there's 28 of those um, around the world. So that's amazing to be able to work with Lego, which is obviously a really powerful and inspirational brand. And it was Lego actually that brought me into Merlin um, in the first place. And I came in as a maternity cover on the Legoland Discovery Centre uh, brand as a, I think I was head of brand at that time. And the brand came back to me last year. So it's, it's funny, I feel like I've sort of done full circle over the nine years that I've been here um, at Merlin. So 23 plus 20, that's 51 yeah. attractions globally. There's a lot of attractions, yeah. And you mentioned all the glamorous cities that Madame Tissot's um, features in and, and has centre stage. London will always have a very special place in my heart because yeah. that was one of the um, touristy attraction things I did when I came to the UK to mm -hmm. study from Greece. And I remember just being mesmerized. And I, I haven't I haven't been to any others, I'll be honest. But when you do your travels and you go to all these fabulous, glamorous locations around the world, um, what what is the kind of wow factor after being so involved in the Madame Tussauds family for so many years? When you go in, what, what still amazes you? No, I'm still amazed at the craftsmanship that goes into the um, figures, the ones that we make at the moment. I mean, some of them blow my, just blow my mind. Like, <clears throat> they're unbelievable. And... So it doesn't really matter where you see them. Like you still get that sense of, wow, this is, you know, this is amazing. This is breathtaking. But what I love about traveling around the world with Madame Two Swords is each site is different. So it's not, it's not cookie cutter. It's not if you go to London, you don't then go to New York and it's the same. There might be some of the same figures in there. But because it's a tourist brand, the sites represent the cities that they're in. So they have a really different feel and they have a really different um energy and that's also great for the teams that work yeah. in the attractions because they've got their own identity and they can sort of help shake that uh, shape that a little bit so yeah it's just a different vibe it's just a different energy they all they, they all sort of represent something slightly different as as well as the core thing which is it's a it's a brand based on fame which is you know people are never not going to be interested in in fame are they so absolutely I, I've been to um, Acton a few times now and, and seen kind of the process of that being made and shaped and all of the work that goes into one of the wax figures, let alone all of the ones that we do on, a, on an annual basis um, and all of the interesting stories and, and um, you know, how, how they decide, how they book the celebrity and what that process is. For you, from a brand perspective, when, when you look at that on a global scale, What's really important for you and your team to highlight in terms of what the Madame Tussauds and the LDC brand offer? So I think for Madame Tussauds, it's definitely that craftsmanship piece because when you 
you understand these are artists that they are sculptors and the love and the passion the attention that go into these figures and the amount of time and the amount of money that they um, cost and you know you learn about the fact that people are inserting every single hair that's real human hair <laughs> by hand I and it takes that. you know it takes weeks yeah. to do that um, so when you understand the full process and you know there's somebody there that their job is to just do the teeth it's somebody and you know we're doing that from dental records it's you know it's so precise and it's, it's so um exact that's amazing that's amazing I care about the heritage of the brand it's nearly 250 years old the story of Marie Tussaud is unbelievable I feel like you couldn't you couldn't make that that story up and it's you know it's a brand with a legacy and with heritage and you know we need to we need to respect that as well as making it you know fit for the future and then the other bit which I think is like so unusual and such a unique um sort of a, a unique asset for us is the fact that we work with some of the biggest stars in the in the world and we don't we don't pay talent to come and sit for us we never have um but they recognize that having their figure made in Madame Tussauds is something, something really special and they will give their time for free yeah. to come and sometimes that's a whole that's a whole day and they'll come and they'll sit and they'll be measured and it's quite it can be quite a vulnerable experience um but they but they recognize that that's something special and it, it means something for their career so that sort of celebrity access and being able to showcase that and the content that we get from them that's you know that's very special and then on the Legoland Discovery Centres, I mean, obviously the Lego piece is, you know, that says iconic. so much to people anyway. It's iconic yeah. and it, you know, it says all these things to parents around creativity and imagination and, you know, and then there's the power of play. When you actually sort of look at it more deeply, play is something that's so beneficial. You're, you're a mum, you know, it's like it's such a beneficial thing. It's, it's how children are learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but actually the opportunities for kids to play hands-on play there's not that much that actually mm. you know there's not that much that actually happens um I, I can't remember what the the stat is but it's like it's it's surprisingly low the number of hours per week that children play and the number of hours that children play with their parents mm. is really low every week so when you see families coming to an LDC and they're playing together you know there's no disruption from the outside world or phones or iPads it's something really magical and, and that still gets me actually when I go to an LDC and I that's how I know we've got it right is when there are parents and children playing together when you just see the kid playing and the parents sat there and they're not quite sure what to mm. do or they're not engaged that says that we've got to work a bit uh, you know we've got to work a bit harder but when we get it right that's that's a special thing and 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 it's amazing because uh, earlier on the conversation i had was that for some people that day out is is a holiday yeah and, you know it's it's a very um specific thing that they've planned organized paid for traveled to and it, it makes the world of difference to have that impact back to the family of it we've connected, we've shared quality time over something that we both, four of us, three of us love. Um, and it's amazing that you, from a brand perspective, you watch that and you go, well, if they're not all playing together, then we need to do a bit more. Yeah. And what, what is that bit more? What do you tend to kind of go back and very recommend? Often, well, look, very often it's it's our staff, actually. Mm. They make the difference. When we look at all of our data on um, on MPS, 
the drivers of a great experience, the thing that tips it over is the staff and it's the staff having an impact and being able to recognise, or oh, maybe that parent's not that comfortable, we're playing with Lego or they're not quite sure what to do in this space and being able to sort of facilitate that because, you know, they're not not stepping all the, all the way in, they're just facilitating, mm -hmm. but being able to recognise it, being able to recognise children of different ages play in different ways and what's the right way to engage and speak to that child, that's the role in a Legoland Discovery Centre that the staff play. And when we do that and we get that right, that makes a really big difference. Yeah, my, my eldest is absolutely obsessed with Lego. Uh, we even have, you know, you can get like the Lego paneling and put that on a wall. We've created a Lego wall. Um, so he, he writes his name in Lego and he makes shapes and he really enjoys doing all of that. And it's something that I feel is ageless. Like I made a Lego pack over the weekend and it was really relaxing for mm. me. It was really... Um, it was like a meditation. And I thought, gosh, I'm in my 40s and I love doing it. My 10-year-old loves it. My two-year-old is into Duplo and yeah. he's getting there. Yeah. It, it's it's timeless. It's ageless, right? Isn't that amazing for a brand that you don't have to be in an age group to enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the power of... That's the power of Lego, which is it has such a broad appeal, but it's actually doing something. Kids don't know. It's, it's stealth yeah, learning, isn't yeah. it? Kids don't know. They're just having fun. But the parents having fun, but also recognising I'm doing something yeah. that's healthy for the development of my It's hand-eye coordination. Kid. It's problem solving. It's creative thinking. It's following instructions. Like the list is so long. Yeah, that's all that good stuff. It's just yeah. um, an amazing. And, and the amount of teachers I've seen over the years physically use it as part of school activities. It just makes you so proud to, to be in this business, doesn't it? It and does. I think that is the right way to talk about it. That is how I feel. Like when we get it right, like I do feel like it's it is a, it's a magical thing, yeah. but it does also make you feel proud. But that's not just for Lego. That's everything that we do. Yeah. That bit that you'd said, which is this means something to people when they come for a day out in a Merlin attraction. And that means we have a, such a big responsibility to deliver properly for those people. But like what an honour to be able to do it. Like they'll remember this for the rest of their life, these memories that they make. I mean, that's amazing. We could be working in insurance or, you know, but we don't, we work here. We yeah. get to we get to make fun for people. Yeah. That's wonderful. And sometimes I feel like we take it for granted a bit that this is our job, this is what we do. And then I reconnect with that purpose when I talk to other people outside of Merlin and I say, this is what I did at work today. And they're like, you did what? Oh, you like you were involved in a conversation about naming a roller coaster or you yeah. you met this famous person because they came to the London Eye and did that. And that's when you realize what I do. And sometimes I forget the impact of my environment reminds me how bloody awesome it is. And it's that real pride moment, isn't it? I think so. And I think when you go to the attractions as well, mm. just like take a take a minute it's not as easy to do in a Madame Tussauds because it's it's not the same environment but in a you know when I go to a, a Lego attraction and you can you can sit in the cafe and I can it's quite important just to sit there and just just watch yeah. what's what's going on as opposed to just like I'm here and I'm going to check is this working is this right like just to go I'm just looking at what people are doing here like that's that's really important. That's really important in my role as well to make sure that we don't just sit here in the office and more expanded you know, and, view. Yeah, like you have to get out and you have to see people using the using the product as well. And then that's when you, when they're using it in the way that you intended them to, when you're Success. designing a piece of product, like 
that's good. That's a, ha- that's feel, a happy day. It feels day. good. Yeah. So we, um, very royal we, uh, we had a group of about 26 leaders attend our senior leader induction yeah. in March. And one of the special wow things that, that we offer is uh, a dinner on the last night mm-hmm. of the induction. And we had it in Madame Tussauds. I heard. And my goodness, (laughs) these are both people that have recently joined the business or people who have been here a long time and recently promoted to a leadership role, therefore attending the induction. Um, The majority of that group was from our new um, uh, Legoland parks in in Mm -hmm. China, uh, Japan. Uh, We had uh, colleagues from Korea, US, all over the world. When they stepped into Madame Tussauds to have an exclusive dinner with their colleagues and celebrate Merlin, I have not seen more excited, wowed faces in my life. The photos they were taking, the comments they were making, um, and obviously the events team put an, ama- an amazing event on and, and very well coordinated. Um, that, that is the power of the brand, isn't it? Yeah. How it makes you feel, right? Yeah, there's, some, there's something about... There's something about Madden Two Swords that allows you just for a second to like suspend your yeah. disbelief. Reality. Like the, yeah, like and you can actually <laughs> believe that you're with you're with Superstar. the people. Yeah. yeah. Like and you you know, you want to believe that you're with them. Rationally you know that you're you're not. But it's it's funny, when you watch people walk through Madame Tussauds, it takes them just a little bit of time to warm up normally. They sort of walk in and they're looking around and they're Starstruck. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and then by the time they get to in London, it was makes me laugh, because by the time they get to the Marvel section and there's yeah. there's a Spider-Man, they're rolling around on the floor having their picture taken. And it's and like with the bonds. We had some people yeah. go to the bond yeah. um, you know, bit and there was uh, a few ladies that shall remain unnamed, <laughs> like lying on the feet of all the James Bonds. Yeah, you see, by that uh, like you <laughs> you definitely like once people have warmed up, they'll you know they're they'll, they get they're getting into it yeah. and they're um, and they're having yeah they're it's, having it's fun. Ju- it was just a magical you know we, we've had similar dinners in in sea life and, and other attractions. I just think that I'm a Madame Tussauds effect on people. It's like I'm at the Oscars. Yeah, I feel like a proper VIP. Yeah. Well, that's what we want them to. We want people to feel like they're 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 actually there. They know they're not, but we would like to just allow them to believe for a minute that what, you're what actually you're actually job. there with these people yeah. in their famous moments take photos send them to your loved ones yeah all of that in in your nine years in merlin have you ever had a moment where you went oh, i feel i feel a bit starstruck now like i've just met somebody and i i didn't think this was gonna happen well I, ever in life and it's just happened no do you know you i took i took this brand on i started working on this yeah. brand in the june before covid struck so for all of the time that we were locked down all the sittings that we were doing with celebrities were happening virtually virtually so i i've only ever i've actually been to two sittings now one of which i can't um name the person it's not been it's not been released yet but is it exciting yeah Mm. it is exciting um the first the first one that i did so i came in and i understood like this is how we make the you know the eyes this is I'd understood the sort of practical, I'd done all of that bit. And I was like, I want to go back a step, like what happens at sitting? And the next sitting was Michael Bublé and it was happening at the Savoy. And they they don't always happen at at location, but sometimes they'll come to us. Sometimes we'll go to them because they're busy people. And it was at the Savoy on a sunny Saturday. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't terrible. This is okay. But it was in that moment that I had my sort of light bulb moment about this is what's really special about this brand, or this is one of the things that's special about the brand, because he'd been playing at the O2 the night before. 
he came down. He was really exhausted, as you would imagine. But he also had all of his kids with him, and they booked this. Made me laugh. I thought that's a that's a mistake. I could, you know, having having had young kids, he'd booked one hotel room with his wife, who was stunning, and he's three children who were tiny and they'd all slept in the same bed mm. I mean obviously that means we've been there we've no done that sleep so we know what happens yeah <laughs> so he came down he was exhausted um and his manager said he's got he's got two hours so you know it's a slick operation and the team are there from acting doing all their measurements are doing all their stuff and then he just sort of warmed into it warmed up to it and sort of got into it and was asking a lot of questions about like how do you make it and like what happens next and when you make the head out of clay can I have the head that's made out of clay and like he he really got into it and he was charming and he's exactly as you would imagine I'm not a massive Michael Bublé fan but he was how I wanted him to be which is slick and he was calling everybody kid and he was like pointing at them and stuff um he just stayed like he stayed the whole time and it got to the point where his manager came down and said you're going to have to go and get a shower because the boat's coming to pick you up to take you for rehearsals he'd stayed all day and in wow. that moment I was like other than a charity I can't think of another commercial organization that could have asked him to give his time for nothing and that was his day off you know and that was the day he probably should have sent with his family but he spent it with he spent it with us I don't know that I was starstruck but it was a it was quite a sort of wow, revealing moment. like it was quite a sort of yeah it was a bit of a catalyst for me where I was like ah okay I get it I get what we're working with here yeah I, I, ju I just think it's it's amazing that we get to experience all of that stuff and you know that that's part of our our day-to-day -day work so brand expert in terms of Madame Tussauds and LDC if I was coming to you wanting to learn about brand and I was a new leader and I was finding my feet and I, I didn't know which way to go how to keep being authentic but you know stand out from the crowd what would be the personal brand recommendations you would give me what what should I be conscious of focus on as a, so as an as an, as individual, an individual yeah I mean I think it's well, I think it's the thing that everybody always says, but I do really buy into this. I think it's an Oscar Wilde quote where he says, you can only be yourself. Mm. Everyone else is everyone else is taken. And you obviously get more comfortable with being yourself the older that you the older that you get. But I, I, mean, I just think I just think that no one else could yeah, no one else can tell you how to how to be you. We can all learn how to be better versions of ourselves. But I I think that like it's so it's just really simple. Everybody brings something different to the table. Diversity in all its forms is a great thing um, and delivers great output when you have diverse minds together rather than everybody that thinks the same. So nobody should be trying to be someone else. Mm. It should just be like be your, the best version of yourself, I, I suppose. And then in a business context, that's what makes our brands stand out because they are unique in what they offer. And yeah, not trying to be, they're not trying to be something else. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about brands and managing brands, you talk a lot about like distinctiveness mm. and like, is it, is it different? But I think that, I think that distinctiveness, that sort of plays back to that personal brand bit, which is everybody is distinct. Everybody is their own you know, is their own person and therefore different to each other. And that's what you're trying to do with a brand as well. You're make, trying to make it stand out and, and by playing on what's different and what's distinct about it. So it sort of works for, works for people as well. Absolutely. It's, it's totally transferable. Yeah. Um, in your career, both in Merlin and previously, 
Um, is there a leader that really stands out for you that inspired you, motivated you, help you um, grow in, in any way um, that you remember fondly that, that, you know, you had as a bit of a mentor that you want to share with us? Well, I think there's probably some common themes across the the people that I've worked for because it's mm. been it's been a few I've been very lucky and I've worked for some amazing people the, the sort of the themes that exist for all of them I think are, there's sort of two sort of characteristics um that make those people memorable and, and great leaders the first is I think like a, a sense of sort of braveness mm. and and boldness and I love people that will come in and go let's do it differently let's think about this differently so I, I really I really like that and then the second bit is just people, like an interest in people, like a genuine interest in people. Mm. <clears throat> For me, that's um, that's the true essence of of leadership. Whether you're whether you manage a team of people or, or you don't, mm. and you're in a you know a relative a senior or relatively senior position, you're still a leader, and the same thing applies that you still still like you have to be interested in people I don't know how you I don't know how you do it and I don't know how you pretend to do it if you're if that's not something that that matters to you so those are sort of the themes of, of um general sort of themes of people I mean one of the people I'm sure she gets talked about a lot here at Merlin but Fiona Eastwood was my line manager for probably about half of my career when you first started here at Merlin well probably I think about a year and a half um, after I started, Fiona came into the business and I worked for her for a good few years. And I think what I really, all those things that I just talked about, like she definitely has those things. But I think also just like there's, there's just no ego there. She doesn't need to like be famous for anyone else's work. She's she's always gonna like give you the platform, and she's and look, and she still does it now as well. And I'm not in her, I'm not in her team, and I see her do it with other people as well. Which is she's really happy to push and promote other people. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't need to gain anything um, from it. So I I think that's probably another mm. another sort of facet to to great leaders as well, which is happy to sort of shine the light on other people to create they don't need it they the don't need it themselves leaders. yeah yeah I, I agree Fiona does that beautifully and, yeah. and very very consistently and yeah it's 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 a thing that a lot of people say about her leadership yeah. style so as part of prepping for this podcast and obviously hair and makeup very <laughs> uh, very crucial part of it very necessary uh, very me. necessary uh, to look fabulous but I I went out to your team and I said, you I have the opportunity <laughs> to ask questions. I cannot promise all of them will uh, feature in the podcast. It will depend. Um, but they send back really personable, um, uh, non-corporate, non-business questions. And I thought, that is beautiful. That tells me something. One of them was, what is the song that will make you happy, laugh on your feet? A bit of a boogie, maybe, in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, gosh, there's lots. There's... <laughs> There's lots of those. I always wonder if my neighbours can see me <laughs> prancing around in my... They're, they're um, dancing too, it's Prancing fine. around in my kitchen. Um, so many, ra I mean, so many random things. Your happy playlist. My happy playlist. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did connect my phone to a rental car while we were on holiday last week. And my husband said, your music is like so weird. Because I had like Disney for my daughter. Um... And then I had like the editors playing out. So like credible, like serious music and then like 
yeah, so it's very di it's very diverse taste. What would make me? What would make me dance? God, now I want to know who asked that question. <laughs> I cannot reveal their identity. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even think. What's the, what's the song from? What's the um, Justin Timberlake song from Trolls? Dance, dance, da, da, that da, one. That one. That one. That's impossible to put to that song dance. on and not dance. We did a, We did a training session actually for um, all the general managers of the LDCs, and it was a day after a conference, and people were a bit tired mm. the morning after. And we put that song on, and um, yeah, like it lifted the it lifted the whole the whole room. We were all, we were all prancing around. So that that one, like, it's impossible to sit still absolutely. on that one. It absolutely, but there's but there's lots. I love happy music. Like I really love happy music. Do you go to it when it's like a difficult day or a busy day? Do you go? Oh, this is a moment where I do need sometimes, a bit of music. Sometimes, sometimes it's a bit hard. My husband's really like very serious and in, seriously into like. What does he do? Uh, he he works in marketing as as well, but he's very like big into music. But it's quite credible music. So he would see like me prancing around to that music. He's <laughs> like, oh. is it more Radio Four music for your husband, or like Radio Six? It's more sort of XFM type, ah, okay. type stuff. But um, needs to have credibility and it's credentials. Def it's definitely <laughs> you know like if he's if he's going to go to Glastonbury, he's not going to go to like the main stage. He's going to go and go hunt. To yeah, like who are the new and upcoming bands. That's not me, by the way. Like, and I, and I don't like going <laughs> if to If it makes you dance, either. you go with it. Yeah. So um, we we're often having a fight over who gets to put the music on first. I can't always, I can't always get there. Do Do you like? negotiate over the playlist time playing so no no he'll just walk out the room and then i'll just disconnect him and put my own music on and then he does the same thing to me the more mainstream so, one that we would know the titles of the you know the yeah maybe maybe <laughs> uh another question from the team was no business questions by the way so i love that the other question was what would you take with your very classic to the desert island if oh, you will oh i think about this i Do think you? about this a lot there's obviously practical answers aren't there like i'm gonna take a flint or a knife to I always come back to yeah. i think it might be a lip balm <laughs> yes because it's essential. like multi multi-use um but i think a lip balm yeah sunscreen for me yeah, you need idea. SPF. You just need so many things. Assuming you, there is sun on the desert island. How do you how do you pick? But um, yeah, I always come back to a lip balm. What would I do without lip balm? I panic if my lip balm's not in my it bag. Has, it has to be in the picture. <laughs> um, you mentioned your kids and how old they are, and such a uh, demanding career, job, traveling involved. H how? Do you and your partner make it all work? There's a, there's a, he travels a bit and there is a bit of negotiation that needs to happen. I mean, it happened last night where I said, I'm, a, I'm in um, Budapest next week. Well, I'm going to Vienna that night. So we have to make sure, am I going to be back in time before? Pick up so, drop-offs. So, yeah, so there's, so there's a bit of that. So your son is thinking about going to university and yes. exploring options. Yes. He's got a marketeer dad and a, a brand director mom. What does he want to do? He actually wants to be a marine biologist. I mean, that could not be more different. It couldn't right? be more different. I'm not sure how we made it. We always we you took him to sea life too many times. Well, I, I think the the sea life trust would love to have him whilst he's at university and and when he yes. graduates. So yes, what a what a beautiful thing to yeah. study. Um, in your previous pre Merlin career, 
Um, what what did you do for those that didn't hear that webinar that I did and I loved it so much? I I mean I did something quite different. I still worked in marketing yeah. um, and for brands, but they were fashion retail brands. So when I went to university, I studied fashion journalism and fashion marketing. And at that point, I think I I thought I wanted to be a fashion stylist. It's terribly paid, by the way, so I'm I'm glad that that's not where I ended As up. As in to go and style a yeah, celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, to, go, to go and work for yeah. magazines and style the shoots. And, um, and I did work for a magazine while I was at university, and I used to help out doing that. Um, but when I left university, there weren't any jobs. Like, lots of the magazines were already starting to sort of scale down mm -hmm. a bit, and obviously lots of them don't exist any um, anymore. So there weren't many jobs available, and a, a job came up at H&M in their press office, and I was introduced through um, somebody that I knew, and I ended up working there. And that started my career in, I started in PR and then moved into sort of more broadly um, marketing. And after there, I then went and worked for Selfridges, mm -hmm. and then I worked for Gap. So I, I, it was very different. It was, it was fashion, um, it was fashion retail, and it was a very different, um, very different environment. And then I came here, as I said, um, through a, a, somebody I'd worked for at Selfridges had then come to work here, and she said, "I've got a role. It's working with Lego." And I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm in. What is it?" Like I didn't even ask. I was like, "What is this role?" Yeah. Um, and I found myself here and I thought, I'll just do this for nine months um, for the maternity cover. And then I'll go back into what I know. Like I had no intention of staying or like jumping permanently into in a the different entertainment sector. industry. Yeah, I didn't. And I just, I, I fell in love with working here. I, I really did. And I was like, oh, I actually think I want to stay. And here I am nine years later. The nine months later. turned into nine years. There's a bit of career advice there about kind of, going for it taking taking the opportunity yeah. and just being open to what it might bring and um fiona mentioned in in her chat that she tends to run towards things rather than yeah. away from things what's what's one career advice that you would like to give anybody out there listening in terms of opportunities development how how they drive it themselves how they make it happen i think it probably is that bit around being open-minded mm. This opportunity, the Merlin opportunity, came up when I was at the end of my maternity leave with my, after having had my daughter. And I was in just in a different frame of mind. And I actually think if I'd have still been at work doing my day job and not on maternity leave, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have considered doing this because it was maternity cover for a start. It mm. wasn't a permanent um, role, but something about where my mind was at at that mm. point just made me more open to consider. I was just a bit like, yeah. Right, I'll do it. Like I just feel, I feel a bit different. Let's yeah. see where it, see where it goes. And I don't mean to be sort of, you know, people shouldn't be flippant or reckless. And you do need to think about what these things look like on your, um, on your CV. But there's something really interesting around retail. Like for me, having retail and having live entertainment, that sort of opens up lots of other doors mm. as well. So the sort of the combination rather than just going I've run my whole career in one you know in one discipline I, I think and, and I think definitely being open-minded to that moving around a bit when you're younger yeah. I think is um is really important 
exploring and yeah going for that breadth of knowledge it's easier to do it when you're younger when you don't necessarily have the same sort of commitment so I do always I do always say that to um people when they're in their 20s like get as much experience as you can Mm. move around try different try different things before you sort of pick your thing your you pick your lane Yeah. yeah in um, the beginning of the year when we've had the first town hall uh, from Scott, he spoke about the three Bs. Yeah. And one of them very close to my heart is the operate uh, brilliantly um, and, you know, how we kind of drive for that excellence. But my absolute favourite is the belonging one. That's it might be. Yeah. And one that I really, really connect with. Um, for you, the world, the word belonging what does it mean? What's the feeling? How Belong- does it feel belonging belong? at Merlin or just generally? Yeah. It, it, it means to me you can just be, you can be yourself and it's okay to be yourself wherever you, yeah. wherever you are. I, I did feel like I belonged when I started at, at Merlin. Straight and away. I, I did. And I l- I've loved the places that I've worked before I I haven't worked anywhere that I've I've not enjoyed but there was something about coming here where I I felt like I I belonged here I think it's just I think it was a lot to do with you were you know you were allowed to try stuff and Mm. do stuff differently um and there wasn't like a very set way of doing things and it was okay to like I'm a bit nosy I'm gonna look over here what's going on can I get involved in that because that's how I am as a person, and Good. it was all and it was all right to do yeah. that here. So I th- I think that's what it means for me to to belong, just not having to be the same, mm. but being able to be yourself and that be okay. Yeah, the the opposite of fitting in, isn't yeah. it? And just yeah. kind of bringing yourself every yeah. day, your your whole self. As as a leader of people, what kind of things do you put in place for your team to have that sense of belonging? Because I found it fascinating that all of them came back with really personal, fun, you know, cheeky, quirky questions. And none of them said, oh, I want to know about this and that. And I thought that kind of stuff must be shared already. And they know exactly where they are. They know they know about the strategy. Yeah. Now they want to know about Angela as a person. Well, I think we do. It's we, It's quite a small team that I look after, but we all know each other really well. Yeah. And I'm definitely a person that is interested in other people and I like to know all about people so we we you know there's not I'm not standoffish with them they know all about me I know all about them I'll tell them you know if my daughter's sick or so we we have a very sort of open relationship I I bring my whole maybe not my whole self they don't get the like the shouting mum bit but (laughs) um I bring most of myself to um work because I don't believe that you can not do that anywhere the two you spend so much of your time at work how can you go I'm going home and like I don't take any work yeah. with me and how can you come to work and like of course you bring some of home stop, with you like it? it's not it's not a hard stop so I don't want I don't want people to be just bringing the corporate self um to work because I don't believe that's going to help them feel like they belong either so I, I I want everybody to feel comfortable I want everyone to know me I want you know I want to know I want to know them which I think just creates an environment of so I suppose I'm not surprised that they ask those questions but I'm surprised they've not asked me in, in the um now in, they know in the office <laughs> I wonder if they're going to try and put the music on to see whether that makes me <laughs> makes me dance. I think everybody's going to buy you lip balm for your next birthday yes. I think yes. you're going to get a lot of gifts that in that won't department be, that won't be unwelcome <laughs> but yeah like I think um I, I 
whether you, as I think I said it before, like whether you're a leader of people or you don't lead a team, you, I still don't believe you can be truly successful in a job if you don't have a genuine interest mm. in the well-being of the people that um, you work with or that work in your in your teams. Yeah, agreed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thanks you very for much. having me.